Hi everybody and welcome to Truly Pivotal Moments. Within all of our podcasts here, we have discussed toxic relationships and the toxicity seems to be on the rise when it comes to relationships. So I feel that it's worth another go at it, another discussion, careful consideration, looking up maybe some more facts and sharing them with you here. It's so crucial to be able to discover if our relationships, and I mean our acquaintances and friendships and even intimate relationships, are getting into a toxic way and what to do about it. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today uh, here on Truly Pivotal Moments. Toxic relationships. Well, what is a toxic relationship? By definition, a toxic relationship is one that makes you feel unsupported, misunderstood, demeaned, or attacked. A relationship is toxic when your well-being is threatened in some way, emotionally, psychologically, and even physically. This definition is very important because there are signs of toxicity, but we're often caught in a struggle. We can see it's becoming toxic. Oh, we can feel it's becoming toxic, but we don't want to give up on it. We don't want to give up on the person. We don't want to reject them. Um, it can often mean uh, changing our sensation of stability if you're living with someone and it's becoming toxic or if you're dependent upon them in some way or if you've known them for a while and this new character change is just that. It's new and so you don't want to over respond to it but yet in your private moments you can feel something is changed and it's bitter. It's not getting better. And you don't know what to do. Well, the first thing you do with any situation is you have to test it. You have to make sure if your perspective isn't off in some way, shape or form, and you're about to overreact. And so looking up and getting information about toxic relationships or listening to them here as we come together and considering these things well, nothing is 100% definitive here. This is just information for you to consider, something to help you with your filter, to look at it from a different perspective. And as you consider these things well, you might even talk with someone else about it and ask them, do they know about toxic relationships? What is their perspective? Have they experienced any toxic relationships? And of course, what did they do to bring about resolution, resolve, or um, did they have to cut it off completely? So we're going to be talking about that a little bit. There's going to be a lot of information for you. I'm not even sure how long this is going to go for. You may have to pause this and, and come back to it again. But what I am certain of, because I have areas in my own life that have dipped into toxicity and I'm starting to deal with them and it's not going well, I know that uh, many of you have either experienced this or maybe you're experiencing it too. And through our discussion, through our time together, through your ability to play this resource over and over again. You'll not only gain information, but I hope that you'll go away from here feeling comforted, understood, 
and empowered to do what you need to do next. And so as we go through this, grab a pen and pad if you want to, because writing things down can really help you to comprehend it, digest it, absorb it, and also consider a plan. First, a plan to evaluate if that particular relationship is toxic, and then what you can do to try to alter it, to try to make an effort to turn it around and purify it. And then of course, what you need to do if that's not received well. And so we'll get together and we'll jump into this full swing right after this break. Thank you guys for allowing those breaks. It gives me a chance to refocus. Uh, Occasionally I throw in a brief commercial in there to pay the bills, but this app I'm using really is amazing. And so when you hear that commercial, it's legitimate. I wouldn't endorse something that, that I don't enjoy. But getting into this, what are the signs of a toxic relationship? And, and what I'm saying to you is that toxic, when I say the word relationship, I mean acquaintances, people that you just talk to every day, but you don't feel any connection with them, but they're in your life, could be at work, um, could be even someone you see at the cash register, at the checkout, at the store, or a neighbor, those kinds of things. That would be in the acquaintance category. It could be a friend, somebody you just have known for a while, and you guys share conversations that are interesting from time to time, and you enjoy it. It is what it is. Um, Not all friendships uh, grow. It's not something that continues to evolve into a best friendship or those kinds of things. And then you might have close friends. Close friends that you've known for a long time and there's an extreme change in their life. There can be many reasons for this. Maybe they're not coping with different things in their own life. Uh, Maybe they've changed some of their behaviors or engaged in other activities that are altering that. Or maybe they have a new relationship that in itself is toxic and is starting to spread into them and all of their other connections with people. Well, uh, there are many variables, uh, but let's talk about what are the signs of a toxic relationship. So the first sign of a toxic relationship would be lack of support lack of support. You see, healthy relationships are based on a mutual desire to see the other succeed in all areas of life. Is that different for you to hear that? I'm I'm hoping it's not because that's what real friendship is, is considering what will be best for the other person, even at your own cost of time or energy or financial expense is doing what is best for the other person. That's what real friendship does. It's a commitment to that endeavor. I'll say it again. Healthy relationships are based on a mutual desire to see the other succeed in all areas of life. So the the toxicity comes when this basic premise is not respected or developed. When it becomes what that person can do or what you can do for that person. If it's toxicity towards you, then you may see that other person just start to use your friendship and not really reciprocate, not take consideration to your feelings and even start to disrespect you a little bit. That could be where there's a dynamic shift or change. And if you've done 
due diligence in building this friendship in the right way, the foundation is communication and the foundation is a mutual understanding and, and boundaries, right? So that is really important um, to understand that. We're going to get into a little bit deeper uh, in, in all of these areas as much as we can today. We may just be touching on it a bit, but we're going to go a little bit deeper the number two sign is toxic communication. Instead of kindness and mutual respect, as we've talked about, most of your conversations are filled with sarcasm, criticism, and even contempt. So let's think about this. You know, I used to use um, sarcasm all the time. And I thought it was funny, you know, a lot of comedians make their money and gain their followers based on sarcastic comments about things, you know. Um, but when you're talking with people, sarcasm can take a prominent role. And the root of sarcasm is sarco, which means to tear at the flesh. So sarcasm in the worst way is jabbing at someone or making fun of them in a way that it is pretty hurtful, but because you laugh about it, because you play it off, uh, they, they feel like they can't receive it as offensive, right? It's, it's under the guise of humor. And it can become quite destructive. Sarcasm is a definite flag. Criticism. Every time you're with the person, they're criticizing, critiquing you. They're no longer giving words of encouragement, uplifting you, or mentioning things that inspire you and develop you, or refuel you from a world that's constantly tearing us down. And contempt. Contempt is um, an immovable position of accusation towards someone. Uh, you're not trying to hear their defense or their reasoning. Um, it's contempt. And you start to have that tone in your voice when you talk with them every time. It's bitterness. Okay. Um, do you catch yourself making snide remarks um, to other people that might also indicate you're changing the way you interact with them. If people are making snide remarks towards you, that indicates that change or that toxicity is beginning. Um, maybe they repeat what you say in a mocking way that used to be cute when you were kids, but when they're in the other, when you're in the other room and someone's talking about you that way in the break room, or they're, they're making fun of you in that way. Um, they might even start to dodge your calls or you might even not want to talk to them um, because every time you get together, they tear you down, they point out your defects, they're, they're cynical, and you just feel a sensation of being drained. All of these could be the beginnings of something you should evaluate more carefully. The next point of discussion would be envy or jealousy. While it's perfectly fine to experience a little envy from time to time, um, it can become an issue if your envy keeps you from thinking positively about your friend or your acquaintance's success. Um, the same goes for jealousy. It's, it's a perfectly natural emotion to have as humans to be jealous, but when it leads to suspicion and mistrust, it can become to erode the relationship. And so these things are important to keep in check and understand their healthy expressions. Now, I want to support this third point by this. Building a healthy relationship takes intention. They don't happen on accident. 
So if you find that most of your friendships are ones that have sprung up in your life and you just called them friends, uh, they actually might be weeds and not, you know, like vegetables. And I use that in one of my other uh, podcasts here. Um, people being like, you know, fruits and vegetables versus uh, the weeds in our lives, you know, that just spring up and choke out the healthy relationships we have. So evaluating the types of and the ways that you're starting relationships is really important. Now you can convert a relationship that just sprung up into a friendship, but you have to bring in definition. You have to bring in a structure and expectations. And that happens through conversation. And so if this is a mutual desire, you can just say, hey, look, I, I know we enjoy talking at break at work and um, I think you're kind of cool. I don't know much about you, um, but, you know, I'd like to be friends. And to most people, that's just not heard of. But if they say, yeah, sure, hey, whatever. You're like, well, can we get together after work and have some coffee? And then when you get together with them, don't come off very heavily. But let them know, you know, you value friendship in your life. You see there's a connection of things in common. You're intrigued about the things you don't know about them. And, you know, you just enjoy the way you feel when you chit chat at work. And this could be, you know, a a guy saying it to a guy friend. I mean, you know, you just package it differently or saying it to a lady friend again without any tones of romantic interest. And then you start to say, well, what does friendship mean to you? And find out what their definition of friendship is. And then you share with them your own definition. And you start to develop a rapport, a conversation. You have to go long. You can finish the coffee and then decide to meet again. But then you'll see there's an intentional connection. And with intention and definition and a framework, there's a higher chance of success. And so it's a whole nother teaching to go down the lines of healthy relationships. But these are things to also have in mind. How have you begun your relationships with people? Is there that expectation, that framework for success? Do you have clear communication? If not, it can perpetuate uh, the unhealthy aspects of relationships leading to toxicity. The fourth thing we want to talk about are controlling behaviors. Um, does your partner, your friend, your acquaintance ask where you've been all the time? Now, now I know with online social connectivity, um, this sounds a little odd, but do you have somebody you chat with and you enjoy the chat? The, the dialogue is great and uh, you're like getting to know them, but then, you know, you go a whole day where you haven't responded. And then the tone changes. They come back with accusations. They question the validity of your friendship. Um, whoa, you're like, whoa, wait, wait, what, what, what? I was just busy. And you're like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. You know, you're chatting with them. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. I, I take responsibility for that. But, you know, my life's very busy. There might be a time difference between you and what have you. And you say, but, you know, um, the, the room, the space that I have in my life um, needs to be where... I can have a day or two where I don't respond to you and then you don't doubt, uh, you know, my sincerity to want to be friends with you. Um, We all get busy from time to time and after all, it's an online friendship. And you try to bring back that structure in there. So if 
if they still stay on that line of accusation or, or questioning where were you or your relationship, that's an immediate sign of toxicity, right? Or maybe they become annoyed and irritated when you don't answer their texts um, and text you again and again and again until you do. Maybe they pop up in other social media and they find you on there. You didn't even offer them that connection, but they find you there and they start popping up. Um, yeah, these are unhealthy signs. And so again, you can address the issue. You can talk them down because many people have things in their life that pop up and they need help seeing it. They need help understanding how to diffuse it. They need a trusting environment where they can admit to being powerless over it. And then maybe you could be the source of help or maybe they need professional help because they've been dealing with all their relationships that way. But it, it shouldn't be intrigue, it should be gen genuine concern when people start to act this way and go from friend to stalker, you know. These behaviors might stem from jealousy or lack of trust and issues in their life. They can also suggest a need for control right? They want to control you. And so they use this type of leverage to, to gain control over you. They know you feel badly and you don't want them to feel the way they feel. And they can use that to manipulate you. So you have to be careful of that that can contribute to relationship toxicity. And in some cases, these attempts to control can also suggest abuse. So when you've got the distance of meeting people online, and you're connecting with them. And it's a great thing to do post COVID or some people are still dealing with that. To be able to engage in these connections is great. It's wonderful, you know, it's satisfying, it's healthy. I've met quite a few people during COVID by connecting online. It's not optimal. I'd like to talk with them in person. Um, but I have many, many relationships online that are great friends. And, uh, and I've had to have these discussions with them, but not too often because I set um, the relationship up for success the best I can in the beginning. So controlling behaviors is another flag. Now with all of the information I'm offering to you through this podcast, um, it's, it's like anything else, you know, people say, how can you tell when someone's lying and you talk about them touching their nose or their ear or looking up to the left or to the right and all of these physical tells. But remember, it takes a group of these things happening consistently and during the time of, of asking someone a question before they can be validated as a source of identifying these things. And the same thing with all of these points I'm offering. If they're not happening consistently or with an increasing um, intensity and they're not happening together, then you may not have anything to worry about. They could just be having a moment in life, a season or some tension at work. You don't have to jump to the conclusion that it's toxic and cut them off right away. But it gives you eyes to see. And then if you do have a good friendship, you can talk with them about it. You can say, I've been listening to this podcast, a Truly Pivotal Moments, or watching um, this gentleman who's on Taliko Vima English on YouTube and on TikTok. And, and I'm really starting to think about some of these things like, is this happening? And I kind of wonder, do we have the healthy framework for our friendship? You know, that kind of thing. You don't have to go too deep with it. But when you offer a chance to change and give them a chance to confess, then it develops, it can develop the relationship in a stronger way. If they're doing it intentionally or they don't want to change, they can be very upset with that confrontation. They can flip it quickly and make you feel bad for even suggesting it. 
But again, that shows you a controlling behavior, right? So it's a win-win. You may even need to have a third party there with you if you feel unsafe or you feel, you know, that kind of thing, just to verify what you're seeing and what you're hearing is not healthy. And that might even become a source of um, health for that person. If he sees that two people who know them care about them, then they might even open up and tell you, yeah, yeah, I've been feeling this way or whatever. Really interesting. We'll be back right after this short break. The fifth thing we want to talk about is resentment. Holding on to grudges and letting them fester uh, and chip away at intimacy um, is not a good sign. And when they bring things up, you know, um, you know, exactly like when we're talking about confronting um, maybe their recent behavior or something, then they bring up a list. Well, hey, hey, look, you, you know, you're not perfect. You know, remember last year when this happened and you did this and you did this to me. And, you know, I told you I forgive you and I did. Now, why are you acting this way towards me? <laughs> that whole thing just changed, right? They've been keeping a list of wrongs done, which means they really did not forgive you because they're holding on a list against you, right? So learning about relationships, healthy relationships, but understanding that relationships are worth saving, worth recovering, worth reconciling is so important. But doing it in a manner that protects you is also very important. So if they hold on to resentment and bitterness and grudges, there's some toxicity pockets there that need to be cleaned out like a dirty infected wound. It needs to clean out before it becomes systemic. It's painful. It means immobility of that particular limb or finger or area of that person's body. But it has to be cleaned out, bandaged, and allowed to heal. Over time, frustration and resentment can build up and make smaller chasms much bigger. So little cracks, little crevices can become exploited and grow over time with coldness, with hotness, right? Think about a crack in a sidewalk with extreme heat, frustration and anger, or extreme coldness, distance, lack of intimacy. Um, that can expand and contract the foundation causing that crack to become a chasm. Think about it. Um, whether you tend to nurse uh, those, those, whether they're nursing those grievances quietly um, because they don't feel safe speaking up when someone bothers you, but if, if that person holds on to it and it becomes bigger and bigger, um, and if you can't trust them to listen to your concerns, um, these are all toxic uh, signals. These are flags. So as you're listening to this podcast right now and you're considering these things well, you probably have someone or some people in mind. Here's something I want you to consider because I care about you receiving this information the right way. If you're seeing and hearing these things right now and you can apply them to many people in and around your life, it could mean that you're attracting toxic people to you or brace for this it could mean that you're actually the toxic person that you're promoting these things in the lives of other people and you can't see it remember whenever we encounter this in multiple areas like at work within our family uh, our neighbors our roommates our spouses um, you're the common factor so 
all these people don't know each other. The people at work don't know your spouse or don't know your family. So if you're getting a similar response from everybody, either this kind of toxic interaction has been deemed normal or you're promoting it. So you have to really think about this carefully when you're approaching talking to someone about potential toxicity because you could be the one perpetuating it. You could be the one drawing it because we also have a huge thing going on in our country, probably in the world, of quickly becoming a victim. You know, we want to be labeled a victim. And so we will magnify things and, and present them in such a way that supports victimization of ourselves. So we'll, we'll get sympathy, we'll get support, we'll get understanding, we'll get attention. And so that's a very toxic situation within itself. Things to think about as you think about if other people are holding resentments against you and bringing it up. There's a couple more points to discuss. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Another thing to consider is dishonesty. Dishonesty. And remember, depending on how you grew up or where you're from, I mean, people from some parts of New York, they they operate in, in sarcasm and cynicism and even vulgarities between each other. And they call it normal. They might even see it as affectionate, but we all know it's not. But it's deemed normal by their society. So being dishonest or jokingly lying or... Uh, laughing when you're caught in a lie can be very much a part of your culture or even your family. Um, so we have to learn how to build things correctly, even aside from our family. But if you find that you're making up lies about where you've been um, because you feel accused or subject to interrogation every time they ask you, um, if you want to avoid spending time with them, and so you're making up lies of where you've been because you're distancing yourself from them. Um, or you worry about how they'll react if you tell them the truth. Like we're talking about gently confronting them about these issues. It's not a good sign. If you don't have a friendship where you can talk freely with respect and bring up these concerns, then you have to know there's a toxic root there. Friends should be able to talk about things. And even if your friend instantly responds um, a little perturbed or frustrated or angry about what you're saying, a good friend's going to settle back on, wait, wait, I know, I know Jonathan, I know Jonathan cares and, and he must think this is real and I need to find out if it is real, what he's saying about how we've been talking or what's been going on. Or they might say, man, I know, um, I've known Jonathan a long time and, and, um, and for him to say something like this to me must be hard. And I have been noticing a difference in myself. And so I should, I should probably just listen to what he has to say. It may not all be right, guys. I may not be completely right when I, when I talk with someone like that. But it's, it's worth time to sort it out, right? And if I'm talking with you, you can offer some information. You can say, well, I have been treating you that way lately. And kind of been treating a lot of people that way. And I'm sorry, man. I need to shake it off. There's just stuff going on at work. And... I don't, I don't, I'm glad you mentioned it because I didn't realize it was becoming that big a deal. Um, but if it's bothering you, it's probably bothering other people and I need to make some adjustments, man. Thank you. Um, or they might say to me, you know, I appreciate your concern. I can see you're really concerned. Um, but actually, um, nothing's different in my life. Uh, things are actually going pretty well. 
I don't, I mean, I really don't know why you're picking up on this. Um, but, but let's talk about it. Let's see if we can figure out, um, what's going on. You see, you, you, you just got to talk about it. If you have a real friendship, then, then it's going to be talking about it. Now, some people, I have to say this, when you implement new approaches and respect to friendship, when you, um, start to confront them lovingly about things, it, it may not, they may not be cool with it. They may feel like the friendship's taking a turn in the wrong direction. Look, I don't need, I don't need people to be, you know, critiquing me on things. They could be very resentful and distance themselves. They may not want or want to validate the friendship you thought you had. And that can be very painful. You know, they could say things like, you know, I don't need this. I don't need you in my life. I don't know what you think a friendship is, but you, you need to mind your own business. You have no right to come to me like this. And I don't have time to sit here and have coffee with you and, and hear all this stuff about you feel like I'm treating you this way. Um, we're just friends. Look, I've got family. I've got other things going on in my life. And if this is how you're going to come at me, I don't need it. You know, and they could sever the relationship. So navigating these waters is not easy, but it's worth it. Because as you do this consistently, you will find that you have strong friendships around you or you will build them. And then the people that are weeds that just popped up in your life and you thought you were friends, uh, they will distance themselves. They will make the relationship clear and it could hurt for a minute, but it's better to know where the relationship really is. Like maybe you're just a work acquaintance and they don't want to have an accountable friendship. That's okay because now you know how to interact with them. You don't have to be rude about it. You just know that they're not interested in anything deeper than casual talk at work. So I hope this is helpful. We're going to come back. There's several other points. This is one of our longer podcasts. So you may have to pause this, but I think these points are worth discussing, um, you know, as much as we can to understand some of these things. All right, welcome back. Thank you for that break. Uh, because of the length of this podcast, you might actually hear two of those commercials during the span of this. I hope you don't mind. They're pretty quick, um, but it'll be that same commercial played twice when you do hear it. Um, number seven, the seventh thing we're looking at here are patterns of disrespect. Uh, being chronically late, casually forgetting events, and other behaviors that show disrespect for your time are a red flag. Now keep in mind that some people may truly struggle with making and keeping plans on time. So it may help to start with a conversation about this behavior. If it's not intentional, you might notice some improvement after you explain why it bothers you. I'm one of those people who enjoys um, being on time. I probably have a dysfunction in being way too early. Um, but when someone else shows up late for a meeting and they have no reason or excuse or even, <laughs> even a fabricated story, um, it rubs me a little bit wrong. If they do this consistently, um, I might, I might want to talk with them about it. And it's because I try to be very efficient with my time. Now, if you know me at all, you'll know that I am not the most organized person. Um, I want to be more organized, but I am purpose driven. I, I do have a passion for people. And the venue here, the radio programs I create, and also the, 
you know, the YouTube and the TikTok and even in China, we now have some videos uploaded on different things to help with English, but on different topics. Um, this is my passion. I really enjoy talking with people and helping people to see different patterns of human behavior. But you might have a friend who's just chronically late all the time. It's just them. You don't have to you fix everything wrong with your friend. But if it's a new onset, if it's a new pattern, then it means something differently, right? Um, one of the podcasts I did here recently is talking about messy room, messy life. And as I looked into that, that expression is not validated without context. Uh, you can listen to it. It's on here on the same venue that you're listening now. I think it is called Messy Room, Messy Life, but check it out. It's not, you know, there's context behind all of that. So new patterns are what should get your attention. If you have a friend who's always late, then it's not anything to be overly concerned about. It could just be them being them. And if it bothers you that much, then then maybe you can't have that level of friendship. You can't, you can't change some of these things with people. It's just their patterns. Except in the things we can't change, changing the things we can or trying to, and you know, being wise enough to know which situation you're in. It's very important. The eighth thing is negative financial behaviors. If you're sharing finances, right? So obviously this is talking about a shared financial relationship. That doesn't always mean intimate as far as romantic. You could loan someone money or someone could borrow money who's a friend. And then you start to see that they're not paying you back. Let's talk about this a little bit, negative financial behaviors. So sharing finances with a partner, even meaning a friend or, or an acquaintance, often involves some level of agreement about how you'll spend or save your money. That said, it's not necessarily toxic if someone who's a friend in your life chooses to spend money on items that you don't approve of, right? And again, there's different applications to this particular point. Um, they can just mean a close friendship, maybe even a roommate, or it can also go into um, living together situations or marriage or family members, however it applies. It can be toxic though, if you've come to an agreement about finances and the other person disrespects that agreement. Um, by purchasing other stuff when they owe you money or withdrawing large sums of money if you share an account. Um, and I've been that person before, guys. I've been that person when I was in my young 20s. I didn't pay my rent when I rented a room to my roommates and I came home uh, with a new tattoo. So, of course, at the time they confronted me and said, hey, a new tattoo, where'd you get that? And I said, oh, it's my birthday. Someone bought it for me. I lied which is not a good thing. And um, they were justified because I had responsibilities I was not meeting, but I was in a very, I don't care uh, mode right then for many reasons. Uh, listen to my other podcasts or come to YouTube and uh, listen a little bit and you'll know some more background on those kinds of things. But if this is a new behavior, right? You have a financial agreement and they start to violate that agreement and then they start to have patterns of expenditure that really just disrespects that agreement, right? It's one thing not to pay you and say things are tough this payday, I'm so sorry. Um, it's another thing to not pay you and then buy other things. So it, it requires a conversation. All right, the next thing is constant stress. 
constant stress. Ordinary life challenges that come up, a family's illness, job loss, things like that can create some tension in your friendships and relationships, of course. But finding yourself constantly on the edge, you know, walking on eggshells, even when you aren't facing stress from outside sources, is a key indicator that something's off. Something's off. You know how every time you say something, they get upset, or they don't seem to be listening, or it just adds tension, right? You, you guys know what I'm talking about. When that work environment, or that roommate situation, or that marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend situation, something went wrong, something's changed. You can feel it in the atmosphere. It's no longer charged with positive, caring support. It's got a deficit on it. It feels like you're being drained. And maybe even to the point that no matter what you say, there's some cynicism or sarcasm that comes out of their mouth. And it's like, there's something wrong here. And you have to be able to say that to them. And again, if you know a mutual friend, you can invite that mutual friend to the, an intervention where you talk to your roommate or friend or spouse or whomever in a private situation, but with another friend there. Not just because you're afraid that they might yell or something, although that's a possibility if, if that's an issue, but just to show them you care and you have to open that up with telling how much you care, not talking about the topic right away. Tell them about, well, you know, we invited you here um, because we care about you. You're a good friend of ours. We've been together a while and, you know, we're a little bit concerned about recent patterns in your behavior and we were wondering if you're open to talk about it. You have the respect in that? It's important, it's important. Ongoing stress can take a toll on physical and mental health, and you might frequently feel miserable, mentally and physically exhausted, or genuinely unwell. It actually decreases your immune system. You could find yourself getting sick or becoming under the weather or those kinds of things. So this is of vital importance, guys, that you consider these things well. Another one is if there's an ignoring of your needs all of a sudden. Again, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Going along with whatever your partner wants you to do or your friend or your acquaintance, even when it goes against your wishes or comfort level, is a sure sign of toxicity. Um, if you're doing it consistently, right? We're looking for patterns, changes, differences in response, and then your own patterns. How are you handling this? Instead of walking on eggshells, do you find yourself, you know, flattering them or trying to make things funny all the time or just anything to change the way it feels when you're around them? Well, that can be contributing to the toxic situation if you don't address it. You know, covering up a wound that's infected just saying, oh, don't worry about it, and just putting a bandage on it without treating it is only going to cause it to get worse. You're going to promote that toxic growth. That infection is going to spread. And you might lose a big part of your life, just like you might lose a big part of that relationship. You can't just cover these things up. Um, but there are ways of, of you know, um, addressing these issues. Let's give this a real situation kind of scenario. Um, if it, it could be a marriage or just a close friendship or partnership, friendship, uh, roommates. So say they planned a vacation that will take you out of town on your family member's birthday, maybe your mom or dad. But when they ask you what dates were convenient for you, you emphasize that any dates were fine 
as long as you didn't miss your family member's birthday on the 17th. And yet they planned this vacation that included the 17th. So that's blatantly ignoring your needs. Now you don't want to point this out since you don't want to start a fight. So you say, great, I'm so excited. But you're contributing to the toxicity of that situation. That was a blatant disregard for what you had asked. You have to see these things with proper gravity. This is not a casual thing. That is a clear sign of aggression and um, ignoring your needs. So lost relationships, you've stopped spending time with friends and family, either to avoid conflict with your friend or your partner or your spouse, um, and to get around having to explain what's happening in your relationship because your friends and family will see it. So if you start to disconnect yourself or distance yourself from your friends and your family, this is really getting critical, guys. It's important um, that these issues are addressed. This is becoming really bad and it sets you up for victimization on a real level. Um, and again, your partner, your friend or whomever may not be like orchestrating this, but they're just in a bad place and they're causing it to happen. They're micro controlling you and then they start to be abusive because of the way they're feeling that life is treating them. They might start to treat you that way and then you might become a source of frustration and they feel that they can vent that frustration on you in many different ways. So this is a really important flag. You might find that dealing with your friend or worrying about your friendship occupies a lot of your time, but yet you feel afraid of talking to others about it because you don't want them to know. So again, secrecy on these toxic things, whether it be a roommate, a friend, or a partner as far as a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, wife, this is really important, guys. Really important. Please pay attention. As we get worse down this line, you could start to let your self-care go. And that's another point. In a toxic relationship, you might let go your usual self-care habits. This is a sign. It's part of depression. It's part of withdrawal. It's feeling like no one cares about you, so you just stop, stop caring about yourself. It's a really big sign. So... Um, if you've stopped caring for yourself in the basic ways, um, this is something to be made aware of. I still need to buffer this with the reality that some people just don't have the same level of hygiene as others. So if you have a friend that's always had that natural scent, <laughs> um, that's just them. This is not a cause for concern unless they've had long-term life of depression, battle with depression. But some people just don't give hygiene a priority. I know how that sounds. Um, or some people come from a culture or a city or state where having a lot of perfumes and lotions on was not the, the way they did things. Um, maybe, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny here, but maybe they actually are people who like to hunt. Um, that's important to establish too. Other things are you might withdraw from hobbies you once loved, neglect your health, sacrifice your free time um, this might happen because you don't have the energy for these activities or because your partner or your friend disapproves when you do your own thing remember we talked about obsessing over you and micromanaging your time asking you where you are and stuff the next one is hoping for change um, 
hoping for change. You might stay in that friendship, in that relationship, because you remember how much fun you had in the beginning. And maybe you think that if you just change yourself and your actions, they'll change as well. Now, relationships are about compromise and helping one another. It's true. And sometimes we do need to make changes in order to um, support our friends and people who are in our lives. And that's okay. There's a normal expression of that. But if you're the only one doing it, you're cutting yourself off from your family, you're hoping that they'll change, you're thinking it's just a season, but it goes on for longer than a season and then years. And then there's more abuse and there's more change in the other person. There, there has to come a time when you're going to cut strings on that one. And the final one is that walking on eggshells we talked about. You don't want to bring up anything. Um, there's extreme tension. Um, you kind of find a, um, a place where you feel comfortable and you're like, okay, this is okay. It's not ideal, but it's okay. Well, those are all signs. Now, there's were a lot of signs we talked about um, in this particular topic. And um, there's a lot of signs, right? Uh, but, but why do relationships get so toxic? Well, fundamentally, toxic relationship behaviors are the result of a lack of empathy. And empathy is different than sympathy. Empathy is where people can feel what you're saying. And we talked about looking out for each other and wanting the best for the other person at your own cost of convenience or expense. Um, it's important to understand what this means, lack of empathy. So whether that be demanding your partner live up to your expectations or refusing to see things from their perspective, Toxic behavior often represents an inability to feel genuine understanding and compassion for the other person. And that's that's one of the foundational cracks that happens. You know, when you're in a new relationship, even in friendships, it's really exciting. There's a lot to discover. They seem like so cool and so refreshing in whatever ways you were deficient. They seem to have that character or demeanor. Um, you want to live through them a little bit. You like that they're interested about you and your life. It's very, very exciting. And there's an instant connectivity there. But, and there, there's also a normalcy for that to wean a little bit, right? Um, as you continue to be together, it's called the honeymoon phase. And you should expect that the shine will wear off a little bit, but the commitment rises up and you find newer, deeper, cooler things about those people in your life and it should grow healthily. But if it doesn't, it could be becoming toxic. Um, some people don't know that they're toxic. So I want to finish this podcast off by sharing with you what needs to be done. If you have several of these flags in your life, then you need to consider um, some of the things we've talked about throughout this podcast. How to create an environment where you can talk with them about it. If you're already past that point of communication because you're afraid how they might react, um, then it's much deeper than you thought. If you haven't experienced deliberate abuse, it's right around the corner. Um, so being able to talk with your friends or your roommates or your partners um, in a romantic relationship is really, really important. If they won't accept you know, you lovingly setting up at a time with a mutual friend 
who may also be seeing these things, um, if you haven't postured yourself to be able to move out, if it's a roommate situation, if it's a work situation, um, you may find that you have to include a supervisor in the discussion because you do care about the person and you don't want them to keep going down that road. Um, family members of the other person may also have seen the change in them. So you don't want to talk with them side on the side too long to be making gossip or tearing down the person you're concerned about. But you do want to see if they're on board with trying to confront them about it lovingly so that there's an opportunity for change. If things have gotten to the point of uh, excessive abuse and all those things, well, those are legal concerns. You really need to get out of that situation before you can find out how to counsel these types of things. Um, but as far as the beginning of this topic was, how do we know? Well, I gave you a lot of points of how you know if the relationship's healthy, unhealthy, or even toxic. And then building that friendship, uh, defining the friendship is very important. If you do these things consistently, then you will address these issues more immediately in a very gentle but deliberate way. And it actually feels comforting to the other person because most people don't handle relationships this way. So, um, yeah, this is stemming off of building healthy relationships, but it's about identifying unhealthy, even toxic relationships in your life. And again, I use the word relationship to mean friendships, acquaintances, intimate connections, etc. It's about relating to one another. So hopefully everything you've heard here today has given you a moment of pause. You've been equipped to be able to evaluate some of the situations in your life or maybe even understand your past and definitely uh, set a framework for success for the future with anybody that wants to be a friend. Um, you can even approach this with uh, acquaintances at work. If someone is just sarcastic, uncooperative, disrespectful, well, you can, you know, you don't have to call it friendship. You can say, look, we, we have to work together. And I just uh, w w wonder what kind of environment you want because I don't enjoy the way we interact. And I'd like to change that. If there's any way I can treat you differently or talk with you differently. So communication is key, guys. Um, thank you so much. I know this went really long. Maybe you've had to pause this a few times. Um, but I felt that this was really important. In fact, I'm going to talk about it on my live stream here in about a half an hour. <laughs> so thank you for letting me research this and share it with you. If you have any questions or comments, you can always email us at our Gmail at um, trulypivotalmoments at gmail.com. And look us up, you know, on Hello Talk. We're there doing daily live streams to learn about language. It's called Hello Talk. And of course, we're on YouTube as well under Taliko Vima English. Taliko Vima English, T E L I K O V I M A English. It means final step in Greek. And we're on TikTok under the same name. Thank you guys so much. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day.